This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Maybe I was just tempting fate when I did my daily morning look ahead to this show, and I certainly spoke too soon when I said that the reason for dealing with the carnage on the roads once again today was not another crash. Since I said that, another two pedestrians have been hit. About two hours ago, a pedestrian, a man, was hit at Queen Street and Bond. Witnesses said he was bleeding heavily and it looked to be serious. And an hour ago, a woman was struck and dragged by a transport truck at Keel Street and Wilson Avenue. She is in grave condition with life-threatening injuries. Of course, we are thinking of them and their families. And all of this comes as a new analysis by the Toronto Star shows that Eglinton is, in fact, the deadliest road in Toronto. This year, eight pedestrians were killed on Eglinton or on streets adjacent to it, and no other street has anything near that dubious record. However, Eglinton does not figure in the city's official road safety plan. We're going to tackle the implications of that with the president of the Scarborough Residents Unite Neighborhood Association. But first, let's go to Constable Clint Stibby. He's at the scene of that terrible crash involving the transport truck. Constable Stibby, hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, So what can you tell us? First of all, can you update us about the uh, victim's condition? Uh, So the victim's condition hasn't changed. It's still considered grave. Uh, I can tell you that uh, we've confirmed uh, her identity. She is a 19-year-old woman. Uh, I believe uh, we haven't confirmed the location where she lives, whether she's Toronto uh, or uh, from the GTA per se. Uh, Nonetheless, she is currently in the hospital being treated. Uh, The driver of the transport truck did remain on scene, but what we have now is we have to determine what exactly happened. Uh, it looks like this truck was exiting from the 401 and making a right-hand turn to go northbound on Keel Street. What we don't know yet, and the, this is going to be part of the investigation, is whether a uh, pedestrian was struck at the corner and then dragged uh, down uh, to where the truck finally came to a stop or was struck mid-block. Uh, the reconstruction teams are looking at the road evidence to make that determination to see if uh, essentially it was an error at the intersection or it was a mid-block crossing. When we look at our collisions on a whole, that's generally where we see the lion's share of our collisions is either the mid-block or a turning uh, situation at an intersection uh, where we see the fatal collisions occur. We need to keep in mind, though, that uh, errors are made by somebody. And we're not going to say right now it's the driver, and we're not going to say it's the pedestrian. But somebody made an error that has led to this collision, and that is what we're going to determine uh, what exactly that error was and what can be done to prevent it from happening again. And uh if if it was in fact while uh, the truck was making a turn, is it then the driver's fault? And if it was mid in the mid block, uh, then it wasn't. Is that more or less the well, conclusion? Yeah. You're actually going a little bit uh, too far down the road. You're assuming that when that vehicle made the turn, uh, it didn't have a priority at the light, meaning that it didn't come in on a green light. 
that's exactly what we're going to be looking at. Was that truck making a turn on a, a green, on an amber, on a red, uh, whatever the case may be? Because depending on what uh, light sequence was present at the time of the incident will depend whether or not the pedestrian or the truck, truck driver had uh, right-of-way during this interaction. But again, that's assuming that the collision occurred at the intersection. We have to keep in mind that this intersection also could have occurred north of the intersection where the pedestrian may have stepped out onto the roadway. So it is something we are looking at and uh, we're not ruling anything out. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, I heard you saying that it was a, it's a criminal investigation. It starts off as a criminal investigation regardless. It means we treat it a little different than, uh, for instance, an attempt murder. We've got all the resources here. We look at all the actions by everybody involved forensically. Uh, we look at uh, road evidence, driver actions, pedestrian actions, uh, video camera recordings, witnesses. This is a, a full-scale investigation. And to liken it to a criminal investigation in scale. Uh, but as I also mentioned earlier in my earlier interview, that the, the level of investigation will be scaled up or down as necessary, uh, depending on what the forensic teams find. And can you update us or tell us anything about the other pedestrian that was struck downtown? Uh, I haven't received any information which would suggest that there's no life-threatening injuries uh, regarding that particular collision. Uh, I don't have the details to uh, the location. Uh, the only thing I'm aware of, I think, was clean and bond. Uh, where the collision may have occurred, but I can't confirm that. I think that's something I'd seen in uh, some of the tweets that were coming out from the operations center. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I've got no information that that was a life-threatening collision. And when we look at our collisions uh, every year, uh, cyclists and pedestrians being the most vulnerable road-using groups, unfortunately, make up the majority of our victims when it comes down to fatal collisions. Uh, this year, uh, although cyclists haven't been the highest number of uh, individuals that have been killed uh, on our streets, they certainly are uh, very much in a similar scale as pedestrians that have been struck. So the really, by luck, we haven't lost more cyclists uh, this year. Uh, the reality is uh, drivers, pedestrians, and cyclists need to do a better job uh, on the road. They need to pay more attention to what they're doing. And we can't say that it's one particular group that's causing all the incidents. If that was the case, we could stop every collision. The reality is it's each group is uh, making mistakes. And, and unfortunately, the reality is if a driver makes a mistake and hits a pedestrian or a pedestrian makes a mistake and is struck by the driver, the pedestrian will always end up in the worst position. They will either have the worst injuries uh, or in some cases even be killed as a result of the collision. Um, do the holidays come into play at all here? I mean, people are, it's getting down to the wire. People are probably a little stressed thinking about other things. Uh, is that a factor? Uh, we will look at it to determine if that is a factor in this particular collision. Uh, was this person distracted in any way uh, prior to stepping on the roadway? Anything's possible, so we don't rule it out. But that being said, that's almost coming up with an excuse for why we're not doing what we should be doing. The reality is there is no excuse. We need to do everything correctly. And the mistakes are happening at both the driver, the passengers, or sorry, the drivers, the cyclists, and the pedestrians. Everyone's making mistakes. And when we look at our collision stats for the year, we project to see almost 70,000 collisions this year. The majority of those are vehicle versus vehicle. Unfortunately, the ones that we see most, I guess, serious uh, are the pedestrian and cyclist collisions. That's where we see most of the deaths and uh, destruction on our roads come from because the pedestrian's unprotected. The pedestrian doesn't have a helmet on, doesn't have uh, safety equipment on. The pedestrian essentially maybe has a jacket, maybe a hat, and that doesn't protect them when they're knocked to the ground or they're struck by a motor vehicle or struck by a truck.
And uh, um, do you have uh, an opinion? We're about to uh, talk to the president of Scarborough Residents Unite Association about uh, this new analysis, which shows Eglinton as the deadliest road in Toronto. So we've uh, looked, we have a total of seven collisions that were uh, fatal collisions on Eglinton Avenue. When we break down the fault analysis, we see uh, four of those collisions were uh, a pedestrian that was crossing mid-block, so where there's no uh, crosswalk uh, intersection or anything, the person has stepped out onto the road uh, and then into traffic, uh, as unfortunate traffic is going by and uh, been struck. Uh, These three uh, look to be intersection-related, and determination early indications are that in those particular cases, uh, the errors were made by uh, a driver error more than a pedestrian. But some of these are still ongoing, but nonetheless, uh, these are initial observations. But as the investigations continue, uh, we'll get further development on those investigations. Okay. Uh, And before we go, Constable Stibby, anything you want to leave us with as we head into Christmas? Uh, really, you know what, this time of the years, the last thing you want to see is anybody injured or killed on our roads. Uh, we've unfortunately seen a dramatic number uh, increase in the number of pedestrians that have been struck and killed on our roads. Uh, we've got all those families now that are now missing loved ones uh, because of something that really should never have happened. And this is where really the drivers are really in the driver's seat. They're the ones that really control their vehicle to the greatest degree. Driving defensively will help protect uh, the other road-using groups. The reality is most drivers don't get injured when a pedestrian is struck. The reality is they have to keep in mind that their vehicle, uh, in the end, is the one that's actually causing the injury. But just because somebody made a mistake, we're losing lives. And those mistakes need to be corrected, regardless of the road-using group that you are part of. Okay, Constable Stibby, thank you very much, and Merry Christmas. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, I'm going to give out the numbers because this is a subject that our listeners are always very keen to weigh in on. And uh, the numbers are 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Maybe you can tell us what's been happening on the roads in your neck of the woods. We just had two uh, apparently uh, serious crashes, uh, you know, just in the last couple of hours, uh, one woman fighting for her life. And uh, we have new information about the deadliest road uh, in the city. So we want to hear from you. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And have you noticed a difference as a pedestrian or a cyclist around the holidays? Are people more distracted or are they paying more attention or is it all kind of just the same? Again, we do want to hear from you, but right now we are going to go to Joy Robertson, president of the Scarborough Scarborough Residents Unite Neighborhood Association. Joy, hello. Hi, good day. Um, what is your reaction to this finding by the Toronto Star? Well, I'm I'm really saddened um, to hear this. First of all, our condolence to the victims and their families. Um, we are really saddened to hear this. Honestly, um, particularly uh, the fact that Eglinton East is named the deadliest street. Uh huh. And um, what is your feeling about Eglinton East? Are, are there not enough lights there? Um, what do you make of it? Well, um, I am familiar with uh, Eglinton East, and um, what do you recognize is that there is an absence 
of um, more pedestrian crossings. Um, particularly, I mean, if you look at the rate that Scarborough is growing, and along Eglinton East, there are quite a number of um, apartment buildings, new condos, um, new homes being built. But some of the uh, the services, i.e. safety, um, um, for instance, in this case, pedestrian crossings, we haven't really um, seen that they've adjusted to the growth. So um, that is something that we would like to see happen because um, I was listening to the report and um, some of these um, accidents occurred uh, not at the intersections but uh, with jaywalkers. And uh, when you look at Eglinton East, there are quite a lot of uh, number of businesses um, on either sides of the street, particularly... Um, I know one of the most recent accidents was at Midland and Eglinton. There are schools in the area, there are apartment buildings in the area, and on the other side of the street, uh, we have shopping, we have um, food places. So, for instance, school children crossing uh, Eglinton Avenue East may not be able to walk all the way going to a crosswalk, but may instead decide to cross on the street. Well, uh, and, and older people too, if it's, uh, it's sometimes in some places, uh, presumably like Eglinton East, it's a long walk to a light and, and people, yeah, and it's cold and, mm-hmm. and it's icy. And um, have you been agitating? Have you been uh, lobbying for more lights, crosswalks? Well, we have actually most recently been talking a lot about transit. Um, in the last few weeks, we've actually been, um, uh, we went down to City Hall and we advocated for transit uh, with some of the committee meetings um, that the mayor has held. And now with the transit that's supposed to be coming, I know that there will have to be an increased amount of pedestrian crossings because of the Eglinton East LRT that will be installed. So I know for a fact that um, there, will, there will be some more additions. But don't you need them now? We need, particularly at the intersections where um, residents are being uh, killed. Yeah. I think we definitely will be doing something for that. And we have a few options uh, that we can do. We can do either a petition and we send it in to our counselor and uh, then we can also push it uh, through at the uh, committee meetings and call for something to be done. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, have you talked to anyone about something that you might be able to do in the interim? You know, these all things sound like things that take a long time. Yeah, well, um, we've actually already basically started talking about it amongst ourselves and uh, amongst different organizations as well uh, that we network with so that we would be able to get more residents' feedback. So what we're planning to do is to have something um, where residents can um, send in something um, with their decisions, and then we can have proof saying that, well, we have a number of residents calling for um, some more safety features um, at pedestrian crossings as well as um, new... um, Lights. Crossings. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're going to uh, have to take a break. Uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to take your calls. Uh, I'm going to give the numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're talking about the latest pedestrians who have been hurt on our roads. We're talking about a finding by the Toronto Star that Eglinton and Eglinton East in particular is the deadliest stretch of roadway in the city. We'd like to know about your experiences. Uh, received a very interesting email this morning for from someone who sees a lot happening on that particular roadway and uh, we'll let you know what he said as well. Uh, right now we're going to take a break and we will be back with more and with Joy Robertson, president of the Scarborough Residents Unite Neighborhood Association. We'll be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm on the line with Joy Robertson of the Scarborough Residents Unite Neighborhood Association. We're talking about the Toronto Star's analysis, which found that Eglinton, and particularly Eglinton East, is the deadliest roadway in the city. Uh, Let's go to the phones. We've got Duarte. Hi, Duarte. Hi, how are you today? Fine. How are you? Good. Uh, I actually worked on uh, for a company off of Midland and Eglinton there for years, uh, but I've been driving for 20-odd years. And I see one of the biggest problems is uh, sl- slower traffic on the, uh, outside, on the inside lane. And people will pass on the right, and that's where they get to the accident, by passing on the right. I think police should... Speeding is a problem, most definitely. There's a lot of other issues that are being ignored, passing on the right, crossing solid lines, and all these things lead up to it because, like, again, somebody will uh, be crossing the street, and that one guy who decides to pass on the right for that slower traffic, they get hit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I... You know, we we were just talking to Joy, and she's describing the street, and there are a lot of businesses on that street. And I, I mean, I think when you're driving on on a street like that, that is a neighborhood and has people walking, people cycling, people going about their business, it's not a highway, and drivers should not expect it to move like a highway. Am I wrong? No, you're totally right. But problem is, everybody's in a hurry. We live in a society where everybody's constantly in a hurry for whatever reason. Uh, it doesn't matter. You stay in your own lane. You're going to get there in the same time. But for some reason, everybody's always uh, in a hurry. I get paid for what I do. I take my time. I I consider myself a safe driver. Do I speed? Yes, sometimes I speed. But in general, I try to observe. And people are in too much of a hurry. So that one person, be an elderly driver, driving on the outside lane, or at the inside lane, and then somebody's in a hurry to go buy, you know, get a pack of smokes or whatever. They pass to the right, and somebody happens to be crossing the street to get clipped because when they change lanes, they can't see that quick. Well, yeah, and, and uh, you know, when I'm on the road, I, there are a lot of drivers, and again, you know, there are all kinds of, you know, new construction or whatever. Every day is a new adventure. And they drivers decide to change lanes without signaling or anything like that. That's such a big problem. That's why I say, I, you know, I have total respect for the police. Uh, I think they do a great job. But I think they're concentrating too much on speed traps. 
I think they, they, they need to – people have a lot of bad habits right now, and we're not being retested. We need to stop these bad habits. Uh, changing lanes, cross, um, no signals like as you said. Crossing solid lines on the highway is the worst. Yeah. Oh, uh, and have you seen accidents happen like that? Yes. Uh, on the highways, I have. I've been lucky. I have not seen a pedestrian get hit. Thank the Lord for that. But I've seen, I've seen some pretty bad accidents. People just changing lanes for no reason. Uh, that uh, day of the big storm, I, it took me a 45-minute drive. It took me uh, an hour, four hours. And simple reason was people don't stay in their lanes. They're trying to cut in. Get into. You're not going to go. You, you, you've made ten seconds up, right? Stay in your. If everybody stays in their lanes, forget it. You're going to get there all at the same time. But people are in too much of a hurry. Okay. Thanks very much for that, Duarte. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, and uh, I got a tweet from a guy named Andy. And uh, he actually said, Joy, mm-hmm. that uh, he sees a lot of people blowing through red lights on Eglinton East. And now, of course, we can't say, you know, we don't, I don't know what to say about that, but is that something that you've seen? Well, I, I was actually wondering um, about the red light cameras and uh, how effective um, and, and if, if they are in fact working and do we... Um, because I, I know what I'm, I'm in my mind. I'm wondering what the procedure is. So after the red light, uh, after someone speeds through a, a red light, um, then their license plates get taken by the camera. Um, I'm not hearing too many people receiving tickets in the mail because of uh, going through red light. Well, they're talking about only about putting them in near schools. They're not in. Well. I think, honestly, in order for us to to really pinpoint some of the causes um, and to be accurate, I think we need to have more cameras at the red light, at the crossings. Because, for instance, um, uh, there are elderly buildings too, elderly um, uh, people crossing Eglinton East um, may not be able to go as fast as some of the other pedestrians. And uh, now, would it... Like, we're not sure. Is it the, the fault of the pedestrian um, that was crossing too early or if it was uh, the fault of the driver? Well, the, you know... Um, um, so these are things that we need to find out and need to be clear on, If um, particularly for those accidents that are occurring at the intersection. Well, because we do know that some drivers, I mean, I drive there myself, Midland and Eglinton, or even down, uh, further down Eglinton, and... Um, I do know, particularly if it's raining uh, and people are wearing dark clothing, that's something else we need to put as part of our road safety um, uh, if we're going to think of doing something like maybe a campaign, that we need to start reminding people that, um, you know, it's daylight, now it's darker, people are wearing black, you know, if it's raining, you also need to be careful. Um, and just cross only when it's time to cross, as well as the drivers. Drivers need to um, maybe look even further when you're starting to make a left turn or a right turn. Um, are you, um, are, 
Are you upset that that this street did not figure, you know, the city has a whole road safety plan. They've, you know, lengthened the time on the lights in certain places, uh, but um, not in your area. Does that upset you? I am upset. I'm upset. Uh, um, To be honest, um, we also uh, are upset that Eglinton East will even be busier in the next little while because we just received notices that um, some of the bus routes are cut. And a lot of the bus routes that were cut are some of our busiest. For instance, we have cut to, um, uh, there's a bus service going along Kennedy, sorry, along Eglinton Avenue East, uh, the 116 Morningside, I believe. Then there's a 198 UTSC rocket that takes students to and from uh, University of Toronto. Right? There's the 102 Markham Road, there's the 116 Morningside, all those buses will be cut. Now those buses, they all run along Eglinton East. So if you cut service on those routes, imagine the amount of people that will be standing outside on the streets. And I mean, we're already having a lot of accidents. So I mean, um, we're already set and getting ready to, um, to do something about the cuts that we've seen. Um, on Eglinton Avenue East, because I think um, okay, yes, it's already very deadly. Okay, Joy, uh, thank you very much uh, for being with us today. Uh, we're just about out of time on this, and uh, Merry Christmas, and let's hope that there are no more accidents this holiday season. Yeah, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, and thanks for having us, and Merry Christmas to yourself and uh, the listeners as well. Okay, thanks a lot. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.